0: Welcome back guys to the fourth episode of the Heroes Initiative Podcast. I am so thankful for you guys to be joining us again. Today we have an awesome, awesome team of people. We have Liz Rice back, we have Sammy Boger, and we have President Andrew Dallas here to talk to us about their their vermont church planning trip um it's an amazing story guys and it's a story that i pray and pray that will convict you guys and stir your hearts for the gospel and for the furthering of the kingdom through missions um by being goers and senders guys um it's super convicting story we discuss so much we discuss um how how they were growing together and grew in such a great community together, and we discussed about how Andrew actually went back this summer because of last summer and why a bit. Um, guys, I'm so thankful for you guys to join us again. Um, just was just one thing left to say. Roll the song.
1: You are listening to Heroes Initiative.
0: I'm so excited to be here joined today by three amazing guests that all went on a Vermont church planning trip last summer. First up, we have our first ever repeated guest, Liz Rice.
2: Hey, I'm Liz Rice. I am a third year business major at Tech, and I'm excited to be here again.
0: Next up, we have our, our very own small group leader at the BCM, Sammy Boger.
3: Hi, I'm Sammy. I'm a third-year aerospace engineering major. Thanks for having me, David.
0: And last up, we have our very own El Presidente, Andrew Dallas.
1: Hey, I'm Andrew Dallas. I'm a fourth-year computer science major. I'm glad, glad to be here today.
0: Awesome, guys. I'm so happy to have you. I'm so excited to learn more about this trip. You guys went on, um, so let's just delve right in. Um, the first thing I want to know, I want to know why you guys signed up for SimiNow. Uh, what was, what kind of led you there? What, what what was your thought process in doing it? Um, yeah, just just go.
1: I can go first. Uh, my thought process. A lot. I had actually done Send Me Now the summer before, in 2018. Um, and I was uh, praying about what to do in the summer of 2019 and I did end up, uh, i I actually ended up interning at my home church that summer with the youth group, but I still had a window of time within that, that if, you know, if I was able to go and serve somewhere in a different context, a place that was a little more unfamiliar, um, serving churches, um. Uh, what, you know, like, like you said, we ended up serving church plants, but wanted to just go out and be faithful to whoever God would call me, um, in, in a window of time. So as I prayed about it, that was sort of the thought process there, um, as I had some time and then me now, um, is really great because it's free, um, for the most part. So, yeah,
3: I guess for me, um, I didn't really plan on going, um, I had heard the announcements, but I never really thought about it that much because I didn't know what my summer was going to look like that year. Um, but I remember during Velocity, Wally said just to apply and keep your options open since it was non committal. You didn't have to go through with it, you could just apply. And so I went ahead and I filled out the application and just kind of through the next couple months, praying about it, talking to the people in my life and my family about it. I just decided that that was what God was calling me to do that summer, so.
2: Yeah, um, for me, so Send me Now, I had only been to the BCM maybe like two or three times because I didn't start coming into uh, BCM until October freshman year. And I just remember one of the first conversations I had was with Katie Pounds and she was wearing a Send Me now shirt. That someone had given her like she hadn't even gone yet and um, so I just asked her like hey what's that and she explained it to me and it was kind of just in the back of my head for a while and then it was almost the deadline for applications for semi now and then I just decided kind of on a whim I prayed about it but I can't really say I prayed that much and then I just decided to apply and came to the little pizza party we had for applications um, and didn't really know hundred percent what I was getting myself into but I knew I'd never been on a mission trip, um, without my parents before. And I definitely knew I wanted to serve in some context that summer. And it just kind of seemed like this was the perfect opportunity that, um, fit what I was looking for. And, um, just kind of happened to fall in my lap. So.
0: That's great. Awesome. Awesome. I actually, uh, when, when Liz was at the, the, the pizza party, that was the first time we ever talked to each other, me and Liz. Um, um, yeah. and what,
2: I didn't
0: know that. I okay, man. Yeah. I have a distinct memory because I was like, who's this girl thinking she's talking to me? Um,
2: uh, All right.
0: Um but <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so okay, so now you guys apply, Discovery Weekend happens, you get you get you find out I'm going to Vermont. I'm going to this church planning trip for a couple weeks in the summer. Okay, what was, what was the thought process between that and when you were going, what were the feelings? What um, what was really going on in your heads then?
2: Um, for me, I think it was just, um, I didn't really know a lot about Vermont um, and I really hadn't been to spend a lot of time in the Northeast. So I didn't really know 100% what church planning even looked like up there. So I don't really think I knew that much. Um, I know for me, I was kind of, excited to be paired with vermont and that was definitely a trip that i'd wanted to go on and like rank you get to rank your options at discovery weekend and that was one of the ones that i'd put more highly ranked so i was excited to be able to go and then i really knew i I liked my leader because my leader for discovery weekend was going to be his name was tony and he was going to be the leader for our trip as well so um and i just remember tony continued to remind us to just be praying and be in preparation um uh, for our trips he just kind of continually reminded us to just continue can you praying for our trip and reminding us to keep Vermont in our hearts and be praying for our teams. And so I just think he did a really good job of reminding us um, every week just to be remembering our trip, leading up to it. So,
1: Yeah, sort of similar to Liz. I actually, um, you know, all of my life has been lived in the South. And even when I left on the previous Seminole trip I'd been on, I was in Houston, Texas. So I had not much left as a Southern context. Uh, had not very much left a Bible belt kind of context. So I, I, I definitely similar to Liz was just thinking, this is unfamiliar. I, I just don't know a lot about the American Northeast, sort of the spiritual demographics or, uh, you know, whether there are a lot of people involved in, in churches, a lot of people following Jesus, I just was sort of unaware. So that th- those were some of the initial thought processes and, um, also similar to Liz, this was, it, it was one of the higher up options that I had selected for the out process, just because I, I did like the idea of being able to go and assist church plants just in whatever we could do for the two weeks that we were there. Whatever they needed, we'd just come alongside and support them and uh, just see how they're serving the Lord there. So that, those were, I, I think, uh, pre- pretty similar thoughts. And I was also excited because we, had, we actually had four people from Georgia Tech going on the trip. So I I was really excited at that point uh, to go with Liz and Sammy and also Alex Diaz uh, graduated um, this summer. But yeah, that, that that was an exciting part of it to me as well.
3: Yeah. So I guess for me, um, I kind of, I have a lot of family members from the Northeast, so I've spent a lot of time up there in my life and I kind of knew that it wasn't the same as the Bible Belt, so I didn't really have any of those expectations but this was my first mission trip I had ever been on so there was like the whole I don't know exactly what I'm getting myself into and I also know as a very shy introverted person that this was gonna be far out of my comfort zone talking to people but I think for me um, one of the reasons Vermont was so high on my list was because I ended up taking summer classes. I had time constraints for summer trips but when I saw that there were other people from Georgia Tech going, I was like, "Oh, okay, you know, I'm a little more comfortable with this now." So um, yeah, I w- it was more just nerves about the mission trip idea, not so much unfamiliar territory as far as geography goes for me.
0: Okay, so so then okay, so now we get to the we get to the meet we get to the trip. Okay, tell me about what all went on? Tell me about the experiences you guys had. what you guys did, how you guys served, how you guys were able to help these churches in any way possible. Tell me about it all.
2: Um, I guess I can off to get us started. So, um, when going to Vermont, we actually took a van to Vermont, um, which I didn't really know when we were signing up for. We kind of got to launch retreat, which launch retreat comes after Discovery Weekend, and that's when you get to meet your team and kind of find out more details about your trip. And when we get to launch retreat. They told us, they're like, yeah, you're going to be taking a van up to Vermont. It's 18 hours, like no big deal. And so I was like, all right, okay, cool, cool. I was like, I'm really getting to know these people really quickly. So, um, I um, so there were 11 of us on the trip, um, nine students, um, and uh, two leaders. Um, and so we took this van, um, up to we actually went to Granville, New York first, that was um, where we went first, and then we ended up going to Burlington, Vermont later. But, um, if one of y'all wants to kind of talk a little bit about Burlington and what we did there,
1: yeah. Yeah, I, I can speak to that some. While we were in Burlington, we went to a church called New King Church um, for mostly a weekend, and then I think uh, the beginning of the second full week of the trip. And we worshiped with them on Sunday. And um, then that afternoon, we actually got the opportunity to go um, and do some uh, survey evangelism down in. In in Burlington, in downtown Burlington, there's a sort of a main street uh, sort of strip of just like shops and uh, where a lot of people in the town go. And so we went there and we we kind of broke out, broke up into groups of, I I can't remember if it was like two or three. But if one of y'all wants to kind of talk about how that went.
3: Yeah, so the... The prayer walk around the campus was pretty cool. I had never done a prayer walk like this before, where we were just kind of walking in groups of like three or four, I think maybe five at one point. And you're just kind of, we all broke off into smaller groups around different directions. And we were just praying out loud, but together we would take turns. And um, we actually, at the end of my group's walk we ran into a guy we were talking with and we just kind of had the opportunity to share about the mission trip what we were doing there and talk a little bit about our faith so it was really cool that we were getting to pray for this campus and then also being a witness to the community around us i thought that was pretty cool
2: yeah and also i mean like you was saying about the spiritual surveys too that we did before the prayer walk um I think that was just a very eye-opening experience for me because I had never done, like, I had never done the great exchange before going on the trip or anything like that or any kind of spiritual surveys. Um, And so it was just, I guess, a different experience for me just to like, um, I guess, realize just to walk up to people and yes, you have this survey, but ultimately you're trying to have a gospel conversation. And so I think that was very out of my comfort zone and probably like the first time I'd done something like that. Um, But it ended up, I ended up, we ended up having some really cool conversations. I know, um, Andrew and I were paired up for some of it. And then we also just ended up meeting, like, I know some of the people we met, we talked to a lot of homeless people because from, um, Burlington has a really large homeless population. Um, so I just remember distinctly like having this one conversation with this one homeless guy. And he's basically just telling me, he was like, well, like what I've done, he's like, there's nothing that can fix that. He was like, grace of Jesus. Like it can't cover what I've done. And like, he just he just firmly believed that. And I think that was the first time I'd ever talked to someone who just genuinely believed they were without hope or beyond hope. Um said, I've definitely heard stories like that, but I think it was the first time I'd ever had a discussion with someone like that. And then um, just kind of talking to a lot of other people and almost everyone up there, when you ask them, like, are they spiritual? Everyone says yes. Um, but not spiritual in a sense we're used to in the South, uh, more in terms of like tarot cards or like universalism or some kind of, they just believe in spirits, I guess. And to them, it's okay not to know exactly what you believe in, just to believe in something and some higher being. And, um, so it was just very interesting to kind of talk to that group of people and almost everyone's answer was very similar to that. Um, so it was just a really eye-opening experience, I guess. Um, and then I, I think the last story I wanted to tell is we also ran into this one girl. Um, she was probably about my age, like 19 years old ish. And she had just gotten off her shift. She worked at the gap and she just got off her shift and she's stopping. And we were, we also had cards we were passing out to, um, help people go to the church there that we were working, um, with the spiritual surveys. And we were just telling her about this church and seeing if she'd ever been. And she was just like, she was like, "Wow, like church." She was like, "That's something I've always wanted to try out," and she just made it seem like it was this novel, like concept. That's something she'd like never had been a part of her life, but it just seemed like almost like a new club that she wanted to go try out. And it was just like so eye-opening to me that it was like this is someone. It's not like down here where people were either raised in the church. Like there are tons of people up here who have never stepped foot in a church. Like don't even really know what churches are about. And it's just like this new thing they might could go try or like kind of almost like a new trend. So it's just a very different way of thinking. So, yeah.
3: I think for my group, I was walking around with Tony, our leader and, um, another guy and we, we were just kind of, we didn't follow the whole survey thing. Um, Tony's still so outgoing. He just would start conversations and start asking them questions about themselves. And, um, A lot of the conversations we had, it wasn't that these people were turned off by, I guess, the tenets of the Christian faith. It had more to do with the political side of things. A lot of the conversations we had were with a bunch of activists that were out. And so just kind of a lot of them did not know the teachings of the Bible. They just had these representations of what Christians are like. And so it was kind of interesting just to see where these people were coming from and get to share the gospel with them and not share what Christian people are like, but what Jesus is about. I think that was a really cool thing to get to do, and just kind of seeing their attitudes towards even just us talking to them, seeing that change, even if it doesn't didn't necessarily mean they were going to go to church the next week, but just kind of knowing that somehow God was working through that was really encouraging.
1: Yeah, a lot of the conversations. I really wish, this is a very short trip, and a lot of this, the type of evangelism that we were doing is sort of walk up, you have a conversation, and you don't necessarily get to interact with them much past that point. But a lot of the Northeast, both in in Burlington, one of the things I I think I took away, um, in Burlington, also Granville, is just the value of relationship with people um, and being able to, over time, love them, serve them, and be able to share the gospel with them through that relationship because that was something that we, I think most of us on the team, I remember like us talking about us wishing we had longer um, with people longer in the communities, um, just more, more time to really um, actually be able to invest longer term. And there's there, there, I think there was a lot of value in the conversations we got to have. I know there was one guy I talked with for um, a while about he was, ethnically Jewish, and said that he grew up, I, I think, within um, some of the Jewish faith, but um, just was not super connected to the Bible, We come to find out, sort of as a, the conver, conversation progressed. Um, but it was very much a, I think, a, a culture of do what's right in your own eyes. And, you know, that's that's what he would talk to me about. And that's sort of the just the mentality of, of, of do, do what's right, do what feels best. So, you know, it it, it would have, I, I very much feel the the strain of like, it would have been great to be able to like invest in people longer term there and be able to help kind of build up that foundation of seeing like the Bible as authoritative. Cause a lot of times people, a lot of the people that I talk to would kind of brush me off. If I mentioned the Bible or the, the church in different ways because sort of like um like Liz and Sammy were saying like people had notions of Christians, um not so much notions of what Christians truly believe. Um a lot of that does come from the political um atmosphere of Burlington. But um it is interesting though because there's there's also still sort of I, I think of it almost like a shadow effect of like churches there in the past. Churches were there. So you can still see you see tons of church buildings uh, in in Vermont. You see some um, around Granville and other parts of New York, um, but a lot of them are empty. A lot of them are for sale. So it's like the the, the uh, you, you see where there used to be churches there, um, and and Christianity was um, embraced a lot more, I think, in that culture. But it's very much you hear the term post Christian. I think. Is sort of an apt description to the culture and yeah
2: yeah so that was a little bit I guess about our time in Burlington but we spent the majority of our time on our trip in Granville um which is it's actually Granville New York it's about a mile outside of Vermont um and so it's this really really small town like I would run it every morning and I could run a loop around it in like less than 15 minutes so it's very small <laughs> and um anyway but while we were there we stayed at a motel there that only had six rooms so this one motel it's the only hotel in the town There's um, this little old lady that um was in charge who owned the hotel or the motel that we stayed in um, and so there we were helping another church um, in downtown in Granville um, led by a pastor named Joel and so we were just kind of there helping they had a they were trying to turn the top part of their church into an apartment building. They wanted us to help with renovations there. So um, While we were there, we got to um, I learned how to pull nails out of wood and we put in windows and lots of things. Um, I guess, do y'all want to talk a little little bit more about what we did there?
3: Yeah, so something else we were helping with was this community garden thing. The church had kind of adopted this park and they were maintaining it and taking care of it. And when locals would come in, they would see us working on like the picnic benches and they'd start talking to us. And something they had mentioned was that when this park was really overgrown, it kind of became this area for a lot of not so great activities. Um, there was some, I believe there were needles there that had been previously picked up before we had gotten there. And so kind of keeping this area clean and pretty looking, made it more desirable for the community to come use and less of a evil activity hotspot, I guess. And it was just really cool to get to talk to the people who were walking their dogs or taking their kids to swim in the lake. And um, one of the cool things that we did was we were, as we were scraping the paint off of these old um, picnic benches so we could repaint, someone had carved their phone number into it. So we texted the number to let them know that we had just prayed for them. And it was just interesting, even though I never got a response back from that person. I don't even know if that number is active. It was just kind of a reminder that there are those small opportunities that I so often just kind of overlook. And so making sure to pay more attention to my surroundings and the opportunities to share God's love and spread the gospel around me, that was a good lesson to learn from the park.
1: Yeah, a lot of the other work, too, I think, um, Liz, you mentioned the apartments upstairs. That was honestly, I think, a bulk of what we were doing. And then we also helped with the basement of the church, uh, which is a space that they use for their kids' Bible time on Sunday mornings. So we were helping paint that. And that was, I I think, if I remember right, because the sort of the order of events of the trip. Correct me if I'm wrong, it was like we were in Granville, then Burlington, then Granville. And the first couple of days when we were in Granville was mostly upstairs, was mostly apartment work. Um, And then when we got back was when they started doing a lot more of the the painting and stuff downstairs. Um, And in that time, too, uh, a lot of the, um, you know, Joel uh, from the church, as well as Brian and Carl, who are two of the other elders there they would come and work alongside us usually. And that was really, really valuable time um, where they would just get to know us. We'd get to know them. Um, that was um, just really, just really, really great getting to hear um, their hearts for their church and for Granville. And um, they just served us so well while we were working. I remember Brian would come up and just, talk to people individually and then pray with them um, while they were working. I know several people uh, that Brian just went humbly to them and, and was just talking to them, getting to know them and would take the time to pray for them. So I, th- I, I thought that was really valuable.
2: Yeah, for sure. I also know we got to work alongside, there was another men's group from Kentucky that was there um, and they helped the first time we were in Granville when we were upstairs helping with the apartment renovations. They were up there helping us with that. And there were, I think there's also some people there from Louisiana. But anyway, it was these big men. And me and this other girl on our trip named Jenna, um, we were up there. and We were trying to help them knock down walls. And they would let us just run at the walls with hammers. And they would just laugh because we would try to make a dent and, like, nothing would happen. And they would literally reach up with one arm and, like, take the whole wall down and they thought it was hilarious but it was fun because I got to learn how to knock down walls and do all this stuff I learned how to weed eat all sorts of stuff so it, it was fun for sure yeah we had a good time
0: wait, wait I'm just real quick you didn't learn how to weed eat until you were 19 years old
2: yes I know how to do other things I can mow the grass do stuff I just didn't know how to weed eat but yeah it's not that okay.
1: weird
0: okay um just- Oh, and,
1: I,
2: oh, go ahead, go ahead.
1: I, I don't know how to weed eat, so you're 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 fine with it. Okay.
2: I was about to call you out, Andrew. I was like, I bet Andrew does not know how to weed eat. But <laughs> 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 I don't either. <laughs> uh,
0: it's not that hard. All you do is point it, and it spins.
2: Yeah, right. I learned, yeah. I was really bad at it, but that's okay. <laughs> anyway, um something else I wanted to bring up to or make sure you mention is um, I guess Andrew, you have more role in this, but there's also this town diner that we would go to not every day. Well, Andrew went like almost every day, but um, I did. There was this, yeah. So there's this diner in front of the motel we were staying at um, and it was really one of the only places to eat in the town. And um, they we would go, they have these really good blueberry pancakes and up there, everyone has their own maple syrup. So they have like, fresh maple syrup that you could get and it was so good. And um, so I guess while we were at the diner, one of the things um, during the whole trip, our leader Tony had um, challenges to do was he was like, I want y'all to practice sharing your testimonies and practice sharing them um, out loud. And also when you're in public places, because he was saying like, you never know who's listening. Um, And that was just something I'd never really thought about before or thought to do before, but he was like, why don't you just practice while you're out there? like sitting, like sitting at breakfast, eating your pancakes. Like, why don't y'all just practice sharing your testimonies together so that not only you get more comfortable, but also like you never know who's listening. So,
1: yeah. Yeah, the time that we would spend there, typically different people in our, on our team would join us every morning, but there was a pretty consistent crew. Uh, I think it was me and Alex and a guy named Isaiah were there most mornings. And then other people would kind of be in and out. But that, that was our goal. We would have that morning time be after we've read our Bibles, we'd go, we'd talk about what we read that morning and uh, someone new each morning would practice sharing the gospel in about two or three minutes. Um, we'd usually, we, we'd ask the the waitresses just how we could be praying for them. Uh, but, but, but our goal there was consistency sort of spoke to earlier, um, up, up there, just people, people aren't as just open to necessarily talking about what they believe, uh, right off the bat. And, um, having those conversations, but that was a spot that we picked early on and we could say, okay, let's be consistent here. Faithful here, faithful to pray for the people in this diner and faithful to just check in, see how they're doing each day. um, Let them know we care, pray for them and pray that God would open doors there um, to share the gospel. So, so it served lots of purposes, but yeah, that, that that time at the diner was, it was really, uh, I really liked that a lot.
2: Um, I know another thing we did towards the end of the trip was, um, we had a, it was kind of like a picnic lake day. Um, and it was, we were, so we as a team were going to be the staff, um, to kind of just make, to give, um, all the pastors in Vermont just a fun day away. And so, um, one of the main things we were there for was that last Saturday of the trip, um, basically all the pastors and their families and their children would all come to this lake. And we would promise on this um, picnic for them and um, help them um, with kayaking and boating and things like that, just to give them a fun day um, to be able to relax with their families. Um, and I think that was maybe my favorite day of the whole trip, but um, it was just super fun um, to be there. And also just to see these pastors, because I don't know, when you think of like seven, you think of like Baptist pastors, um, You think of, I guess, like older guys, but all, most of the church planners up in Vermont, like they were, they looked like they were in their thirties, maybe, maybe forties, but it was just like, they were a lot younger and they had these big families and they were really, they had to, almost all of them had other jobs besides being a pastor, because it's not like down here where your sole job, you can um, be supported by your church. There's not as much money up there. So I think it was just very interesting to me to see all these men coming that were, a lot younger and just looked like ordinary, kind of young guys, but they were all um, church pastors. So we just got to go up there, and one of the things I was in charge of doing that day was helping um, kids and their families get in and out of kayaks and in and off the boat, I guess, um, that we had there. So um, one funny story.
3: Wait, wait, wait,
1: wait, that this
2: important. Would,
1: important point. That in. Uh, preface this with Liz lost a child because oh. she put in a kayak. Okay. I
2: did. I, I did lose it. Yes. Yeah, so yes. Yeah, so, okay. There were a lot of children. Okay. So I tried out the kayaks first. So earlier that day, I'd taken the kayaks out. I was like, this is super easy. Tried out the little kitty kayak. I almost sunk in the lake, but I was fine. And then came back and I was like, awesome. I'm going to put these kids in, make sure they're wearing a life jacket. It's going to be good. And so, you know, this little girl comes up to me and she, she's like, she looks like she's seven or eight years old. Okay. She's wearing a life vest. Her brother's already in one of the kayaks. I'm like, oh, she's good, okay? Like, So I was like, I help her get in one of the kitty kayaks. She said she wanted to get in. And I was like, cool, like, I'll help you in. And so I help her out. I give her a couple lessons on how to paddle. She's a little unsure, a little shaky, but I didn't think anything of it. So then I keep on like putting more kids in kayaks. We're good, going along. Well, then about 20 minutes later, one of the pastors comes down in a panic, being like, where's my daughter? Where's my daughter? And I was like, uh, I was like, I'm sure she's around, sir. <laughs> just one second. And so I'm trying to like hide under the radar and not tell him that I think I'm the one who put his kid in a kayak and I can't find her. But um <laughs> she ends up washing up in the brush. <laughs> she was okay, don't worry. She had a life vest on. But um, <laughs> let's just stress that part. But um yeah, so she was five years old and did not know how to kayak at all and <laughs> totally fell out and just got washed over to the shore. And luckily we found her, but yeah. So I lost a kid. So yeah, that's that story.
0: <laughs> it's it yeah. sounds almost as if like there was a shipwreck, and and she was the only survivor.
1: Yeah. Well, there, well there's only one person in kayak, so yeah. You
0: know. I mean, some have two. Some have two people.
2: Yeah. Well, this was a single. It was like a kitty kayak. I thought she had it. Thought she was doing good, but apparently she was five and did not have it. But, yeah, so the rest of the trip, everyone made fun of me and said that I lost a child. And, yeah, so that
1: was fun. We call it like we see it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I'm not the best with kids. Whatever, you know, it's fine. But, yeah, that day was just super fun. And then one more thing I wanted to say, and then I'll let y'all talk. Sorry. But one more thing. So the morning of the picnic day, we got invited over to this guy named Ralph's campsite. And Ralph is just a guy up in the area. He used to live in Canada and he just invited our team um, to come over to his campsite and he wanted to cook us breakfast, which was so sweet. So we went over and he um, made us pancakes, of course, with his homemade maple syrup because everyone seems to have their own there. And um, he was just a really kind man. And he, we ended up getting to have a conversation. He told me that he sends his syrup to missionaries in Africa, like he ships it to them. And so he was just a really cool guy. And I just, he just was talking about how he really wanted to do something for our team. And then he, he kept trying to send me home with syrup. He wanted to find my address so he could ship me more syrup to my house. So it was just really cool, like, meeting all the sweet people up there and just getting to interact with pastors and just people like Ralph, I guess, that, like, even though, like we were saying earlier, and, like, kind of in contrast to the post-Christian society, like, there were a lot of people that we got to meet that were Christians and were working to try to make change and bring the gospel to Vermont. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. And some, I, I really loved that day as well, um, just because, um, and, and we can we'll talk more about this later. But like I, um, returned to Granville this summer and, and, and turned under Joel for a few weeks. But one of the things that I got to see, then, but also, last summer was just like the value of the fellowship of other believers, especially for a lot of these pastors, because like the culture very much isn't like, you know, it. it has been in the south of like people people go to church for for plenty of reasons and and the the idea of like being able to see other christians i think we take for granted sometimes but like for these pastors a lot of times um you know they're they're working and they're serving um a lot there's a lot that's on their plates and like Liz said most of them are working two jobs um and so you know for them to be able to have this day where we could serve them where they could relax where they could fellowship with one another catch up with these other pastors who are serving in the region uh, is, is just hugely valuable um, to them. And so that, it was, it was a really cool day. Um, yeah. Sure.
0: Okay,
2: okay. And then one more thing. Go ahead. You go, Liz. Okay. Um, one more thing I was going to say to, to um, uh, Sammy, if you don't want to add anything about picnic day. So the last day we were there, we got a chance nice house house um, named Carl Beckler. Um, and they just invited us over to their home. And Carl's actually the town doctor. And he, um they're members of the church that we were serving there. And so for our last night there, they just said, why don't y'all just come over to our house that afternoon and just hang out and we can take a walk around our property. And, um, that was also just a really memorable, fun day, I guess, just, um, of hearing, I guess, their story and hearing, um, I guess how Carl as the doctor has had opportunities, uh, to share his faith with people in the community just by serving them like through medical care and different things. And then, Also, just how faithful they've been to the church there in Greenville, even though, like Andrew said, a lot of the churches around there are kind of dying out. Um, And then we also, while we were there, we also got a chance to do um, Bible with Brian, uh, which I don't know if Andrew wants to talk about.
1: Yeah. Um, So that afternoon, when we went to the Becklers, um, at church that morning, we were at New Creation Church, and uh, we, Alex and I in particular, had gotten to know Brian at that church pretty well. We, we talked to him a lot, um, heard his testimony. We shared ours with him. We just talked a lot about the Bible with him. And um, one of the things that he loves to do and loves to is he's, he's very, God's given him a gift. He's very knowledgeable on the scriptures and how everything weaves together. Um, and so one, one of the things, one of the ministries that um, at their church is called Bible with Brian. And so every other Saturday, um, at the point in time that we were there, They were doing, um, just going through um, a book or a book or two of the Bible within like two hours, Um, and we didn't get a chance to be a part. But it, I approached him on Sunday and just asked if he would be interested in, you know, just going through a book of the Bible together. And um, as a BCM in the fall, we were studying First Thessalonians. And it just so happened that the Bible with Brian, he had done, I think it was the day before actually, was also First Thessalonians. So we just asked if um, he'd want to talk through it. If, he, if We didn't know if he was busy. And then um, he's just very gracious and, um, and agreed. And so we all went over there. And um, honestly, that was probably one of my favorite parts of it, just hearing, um, just sitting under that teaching. Um, and it was just, it was amazing. It was amazing just seeing how, um, amazing the Bible is, um, and like applying it, yeah, in First Thessalonians, but just in general, like Alex and I, throughout the the past year, would go back and listen to Bible with Brian um, episodes about different books of Scripture, and just seeing how amazing God's Word is, and uh, that's something that it was just a really valuable time, and it, it became like almost like a, a like a small group kind of conversation. Um, small group Bible study like that afternoon before we had dinner with the Becklers. And that was, um, yeah, we did, we did that at at the Becklers house as well in their living room. But yeah, it was just, it was really great. I I really loved that a lot. And I I think when I think back on the trip, that's one of the days, I think I remember the most.
0: Okay guys. So you guys have kind of talked me through um, the, like what you guys did. Um, Do you guys have any stories of, of you know of like true like just truly seeing god or truly just laughing with each other or any any of these great stories
3: I think one of the cool things that we ran into when we were in Vermont was on I think it was our last day there we were just kind of walking around downtown Burlington just like sightseeing and the girls kind of split off in a group and the guys went and did their thing And as we were walking back to go to the van, all the people in the girls group were like obsessed with the store that had all these flowers and everything in it. And we went in and we were talking to the woman who owned the place. And it turns out that she was also a devout Christian and she was from South Carolina and she had just moved to Burlington in the past couple of years, and her daughter was actually the leader of RUF at the University of Vermont, and it was just kind of cool, because that week we hadn't really run into a whole lot of Christians throughout Burlington, and it was just such an encouragement to find another believer and get to talk to her, so I think that was
2: pretty cool. Um, for me, this wasn't anything like that deep, I guess, just a fun memory. Yeah. Um, Well, one of the days um, we were in Granville, we are what we were doing that day didn't start till later in the day. So we were actually helping out um, another church just for a night. They were having like a fun night um, for the community. Um, And so we were just helping out and playing kitty games that night. But during the day, we kind of had a free day. So we were like, okay, what are we going to do? um the other churches we've been helping out to really need me things we're like okay what are we going to do so we ended up finding this place you can it's like an old rock quarry and we got to jump off rocks like these kind of cliff big rock things um into this um rock quarry pool so that was really fun and just like a good time of fellowship with our team and just had a little picnic and it was just a really fun beautiful day and I think that was the first time I realized like Wow, Vermont is so pretty. <laughs> I know it's just like a blanket statement, but it's it was so gorgeous up there.
1: So Yeah. And it's still um I drove by it this summer and it was still crowded, strangely enough. Even during COVID, that rock quarry is still going. It's it's a super popular spot in town. People go to swim and cliff jump, rock jumps, not really a cliff. Anyway. Oh, oh, okay. This was a story I, I totally forgot about this. Um, when we were in Burlington, there was a missionary family that they had lived in China. What were their names? What were their names? Cliff, right?
2: Tiffany yeah, and Cliff, yeah.
1: Yeah, Tiffany. And, Tiffany. Cliff. Um, and they, uh, basically, they'd been in China for, I believe it was six years. And uh, they had come back to the States. Um, if I remember right, they, they came back to the U.S. Um, to have their most recent baby. They they just had a baby that was a couple months old. Um, But then they weren't able to go back. So they were a part of New King Church and were just praying about what's next. But while we were there, they invited us over for dinner and we got to fellowship with them. And that was a really really cool night getting to hear their stories. Did y'all have anything y'all want to talk about with that?
2: Um, Yeah, I mean, I think for me, that was... I can't believe I forgot about that. That was one, also one of my favorite nights. Um, but yeah, I think it was just interesting. I think one of the things, too, with them not going back to China was that it like wasn't safe for them to go back to China because somehow like the Chinese government had like found out that they were missionaries there, so like they weren't allowed to go back. Um, so I think just hearing that, and then also just hearing their love for China and like how devastated they were, they couldn't go back to the people there that they'd made relationships with. Um, and they honestly like wanted to raise their children there. Like they were, they knew there's a lot of sacrifices raising your kids in the mission field, but like that's what they wanted to do. And they were just so heartbroken that like they couldn't go back um, to there right then. So I just remember Tiffany um, just made a really big impression on me. Um, and I just love, um, I just love getting to talk to her and her heart. And we we actually ended up cooking dinner. Um, her and me and a couple other girls on my team. We um, just made this like big Mediterranean meal for everyone. And just while we were in the kitchen chopping vegetables, just like the way she parented and the way, um, even just like while we were helping her cook, how gentle and kind she was, but also how open she was about her faith with us. And just, I guess real was um, really cool to see and just hear her heart for missions and how she was so bold in her heart for missions, but also so gentle and kind as a chicken mother. So kind of seeing all of that was awesome.
0: That's awesome guys. Uh, this, Sounds like an incredible trip, um, and one that you probably had many takeaways from. So, like, what what left, you, what has stayed with you since the trip? What what did the trip give you a desire for? Like, like really teach you, show you that, that you keep with you to today.
1: A couple of things sort of pop into my mind. One of them, I kind of mentioned earlier, but the value of long term investment in the lives of other people. Um, that. Is something that you know. You know, here we 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 have opportunities like the Great Exchange where people are often willing to talk about what they believe and also hear different things. But um, that's just it's not the case everywhere. Um, that, that that was I think a big one for me is just the value and and being faithful um, in relationships with those who don't know the Lord and continuing to pray for them and um, love them. Uh, be just, yeah, have those relationships. Um, Another one I think um, for me was seeing in Granville uh, just such a sincere devotion to Jesus and his word in a very small town context. That's not something I've ever seen necessarily either, Um, but they are faithful um, where God has placed them And, and like faithfulness in like, they're not doing it for, um, you know, I, I, I think our world is so numbers oriented and like, it's almost like, uh, the more people you have somewhere, like the more successful something is, but something I saw there that was just incredibly valuable to me is that they were living for the kingdom of God, um, within the context that God has put them in and they were doing it for his praise, for his glory alone. Um, not necessarily, yeah, obviously they were are just seeking to be faithful um where God's put them and i remember one of the things that they said um to us when we were leaving was um you know like people who come up to plant churches people who come up to be pastors up here like vermont yeah does need pastors um and and church planners vermont just, just needs christians <laughs> it's like one of the things that they were saying like the, the people who will go up there and who will um you know love their families well and and follow the lord in that context and um be faithful with the gospel in you know everyday life and jobs and uh, yeah just seeing um uh, faithfulness in all of life and faithfulness in the the smaller context, like a yeah that, that those were i think some of the really valuable takeaways i had
3: um for me one of i actually had two takeaways like two big takeaways but the first one was just kind of the power of prayer Um, I mean, prayer should be kind of like our life force every day, but specifically for the context of this trip and sharing the gospel with those around you, I think that was such a valuable asset. You know, the whole saying about you need to talk to God about the person before you talk to the person about God. And I think for this trip, especially like going out and talking to people when we were in Burlington, that kind of just gave me the strength and kind of Um, the confidence to talk to people about faith, because that was always something I kind of, i bring it up a little bit in conversations where I was comfortable with friends. But when you're talking to a complete stranger, it's a little intimidating. So for me, just that entire week was um, leaning on prayer wholeheartedly. And even coming back from that, when I'm talking to friends or when I'm getting to know someone and I'm going to bring up faith, you know, prayer has kind of carried from that trip into my life now And how I approach those situations and those relationships. And I think the second thing, and Andrew had touched on it a little bit when we were talking about the picnic, but and the importance of fellowship within the Christian community. Um, When we were talking to people in Burlington, there weren't a whole lot of Christians. So kind of having our group and being able to get together each night and pray and talk about our day with each other, it kind of recharges you and, I think for me personally, even in this time of COVID when we can't go to church and, you know, we're having to Zoom call with our Sunday school classes and everything. You just kind of forget the importance of, you know, being around other believers consistently. And that was something I definitely took away from that trip.
2: Yeah, for me, I think um, this trip is maybe... Not to be really dramatic, but I'm going to be really dramatic. Um, I guess maybe probably the most impactful trip I've ever been on, just because, like, for me, this is, was kind of like the springboard for pushing me further in um, evangelism. Just because I think prior to going on this trip, um, I was very much leaned very heavily on, like, people will just be able to see for my actions that I know Jesus. And which I knew that was not what I was not that was not being fully obedient but I definitely think that was my default mode and so I think going on this trip Tony our leader just really challenged me a lot and was like you need to be using your words um, to speak to people about Jesus and talking to them about Jesus and that's why he just repeatedly had me he's like I want you to be so comfortable with your testimony and I know we touched on this earlier but I think for me it was just having that push from him and being challenged and also being around other people that I got to see their examples of evangelism I think that was just super awesome and just kind of like it was kind of like a starting or springboard of practice that's just kind of like since then my sophomore year has looked so different Um, and I feel like even though there's so many times I haven't been faithful I feel like I have been a lot more faithful with sharing the gospel um, out loud if I rather than I would have been um, if I hadn't gone on this trip so I think that was just super cool and just kind of seeing that new perspective. And I just remember um, while I was there, uh, one of my, my best friend called me to check in while I was on the trip. Um, and I just remember Zoe called and she was talking to me and she was like, you just sound like you're so alive right now. And I think what she was meaning by that was she was like, you just seem so satisfied and content. And honestly, I think that just came from a place of, I guess, me finally being fully obedient. Um, to the Lord and like what that looks like and actually what it feels like to be used by God and not to hold back or kind of keep certain parts of yourself to yourself or keep certain parts of you to yourself. So I guess that was just super cool for me. Um, Just kind of continuing and pushing me and growing me in evangelism. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. Going off Sammy's thing too. um, I think something I I saw, just saw as well as prayer. Uh, I, 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 once again, talking with Joel some more this summer, one of the things that, um, you know, there's a, when he was talking about some, a couple in uh, his life that he'd been consistently sharing the gospel with and, um, ministering to like, at the end of the day, one of the things I remember, he just looked at me and said, like, they, they need to see Jesus is beautiful. Um, and I think just the dependence of God or dependence upon God in prayer, um, and and just asking that God would use the, you know, help people to see Jesus as beautiful um, in the gospel. Like, and and I think that's, that was definitely a perspective shift because especially like a lot of the people we were talking with in Burlington, it's like we would talk and like kind of reason a little bit and get to that point of, um, you know, the reality of God, um, who Jesus is, his death, his resurrection, why it matters. Um, but at the end of the day, um, you know, we have to, we have to come before God in prayer and ask him to do that. Cause he's, he's gotta do that. He's gotta, they've gotta see Jesus as beautiful. And, um, I, th- I think that just the value of prayer in that was something that I, I definitely walked away with too.
0: That's awesome guys. Like it's super awesome. And, and like, I've seen a lot of this stuff in your life in the lives that you guys us have lived and how this has impacted you. Um, but I really want to talk about and mention like Andrew's already kind of mentioned it, that he, he went back up to Vermont this past summer. um, and, and that's how much this trip impacted him uh and his life. So Andrew, could you a little talk about a little why you went back up there, how, how you went back up there and just a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, So I mentioned the comment they made to us when we left, that was the point of, well, it's sort of twofold, like Vermont just needing Christians. Um, And and, and they said, like, if you ever would be interested in coming back up here um, for anything, let us know. And I mean, the, the thing that we were working on, those apartments, one of their original visions for that was potential like intern housing. That's something that they, desire to do in the future. They're still working on building those apartment spaces upstairs. But yeah, so as I was praying about this summer, um, what, where I would be, what I'd be doing, um, and praying about it, I, um, yeah, I I was really deeply impacted by them during the time I was there um, last summer. So I reached out to Joel back in January, and I wanted to, I actually, did apply for send me now again. Uh, but the trip I was assigned was, I, I, I was really felt like this summer I needed to try and be in one place longer term. And, um, not to say that there's not value. I, I mean, obviously this trip was like, um, we, we went around to a couple different church plants, but it was just, I was definitely wanting to do something, I think a little different this summer. And so I reached back out to him back in January and then was praying about it. and ended up setting it up. And so it was like a, um, very much what it was. Cause I mean, personally, I'm just praying about what does God have for the rest of my life? What does post college look like for me? And one of the things I prayed about is, is ministry. So that was the way that this was designed. It was sort of for me to be able to, uh, shadow, sort of shadow Joel as a uh, pastoral intern and be able to watch his life, watch his ministry. And so, I lived with him and his family for six weeks, uh, from about mid June, I think. To I got home last week, um, which is, I think, yeah, the end of July. Um, so yeah, a lot, a lot of the same, a lot of the things that God sort of taught me and showed me in a, in some smaller ways. Um, I was in Granville last summer, which is cemented a lot more. So I got to just see a lot of the long term faithfulness um, in prayer and in ministry of the word of their church, um, their of new creation church. And a lot of it, um, something that was really, really cool that I, I don't know that I've ever seen like in a, uh, sort of like, I, I guess a, a church setting as much, but just how much their church operates and functions as a family. And like, that's their, their goal is we want to do life side by side. Um, I think, I think a lot of it, just helped and God is continuing to shape. I think my, my understanding of even just what discipleship is um, just from the time I was able to spend with them and, um, you know, getting to live with Joel for six weeks. And uh, I spent more time with Brian, spent more time with Carl and, and Karen Beckler that we mentioned earlier, and um, pretty much just got to be within the life of their, their church for six weeks. And um, yeah, it was, it, it was really, really valuable. And sort of to an earlier point as well, um, the value of long-term investment and relationships um, and sharing the gospel. That was something that, um, you know, we, I actually got to see um, some visible fruit of Um, this was uh, there's a couple um, that was saved back in November. Um, That's a part of their church. Now that when we were up there last summer, uh, they didn't know the Lord, but Joel and Brian and uh, people within their church, had been faithfully sharing Jesus with them, investing in their lives and doing that for, um, already, um, over a year, two years at that point. And then God saved them, um, back in November. And so it was really, really cool getting to see like, just from that period of time, how God blessed, um, that effort and, um, did bring them to know him. And now they've grown so much and now they're, um, super, super involved and faithful, excited members of the church. Um, they're growing in their walks with the Lord. So that was one really cool thing to be able to see as well. But yeah, did you have any other, I guess, specific questions about no. that time?
0: No, not really. It's just pretty incredible that that God used this experience of a, this really short week and he put the, those people on your heart so much that that it urged you to return.
1: Yep. Yep. I've, um, it it sort of to Liz's point as well. Um, she said earlier that it was very impactful on me as well. Just seeing, I think just especially as a church, how much they love the word of God and make it the center of all that they do. That was, that was just one really big thing that stuck out to me and that I was able to just see more of over the six weeks that I was there, um, read through, um, I got more like, it wasn't really, I, I did, I did get to go to Bible with Brian. I actually got to go uh, on every other Saturday morning, but then also just be there. Uh, they so once again, this is a church plant. Um, they're sending church, which is a town over. They go camping with them every year. Uh, so I got, I got to go camping with uh, Joel, his family, and then the church and they're sending church um, and get to, you know, get to, I got to know a lot of those, folks as well at the Sendon Church, and uh, one night we did a hymn sing. Uh, another day, uh, that guy who got saved back in November, he shared his testimony with, like, I think it was, like, 40 or 50 people. I, I didn't get to, like, be there, but he shared his testimony with everybody, and it was just really, really cool uh, to be able to be up there again, and yeah, definitely God has very much put them on my heart a lot, and I, I miss them, too. Joel, Joel actually texted me, like, right when we started this interview for you uh i got a text like right when we started so um yeah that that, that connection has been really cool awesome
0: well the, the, this trip was super cool to hear about and um super awesome like what all what, how it impacted all your lives so my, my last and final question for you guys is what advice would you give to somebody who is thinking about applying to send now um this
2: isn't any crazy advice but i think For me, the biggest thing both years applying has been don't try to figure everything out or all the logistics out before you apply. I think Sammy talked about this earlier, but just go ahead and be prayerful about it, of course, but also just go ahead and apply. Like if something comes up, and like Andrew said this year, like you ended up deciding to go to Vermont instead of going on a semi-noun trip specifically. So just go ahead and apply and don't worry about all logistics or what are you going to eat, or what are you going to, where are you going to live, or are you going to have an internship, or all of these things, because God will work it all out, and I know that seems like a very blanket statement, but I, I think it really is true, and I think um, it can be an act of faith if you just go ahead and apply, because I, I mean, they, they really do a good job with placement for these trips, and um, I just think everyone could benefit from doing a Semi Now trip at least once during their college experience, so.
3: Yeah, um, I, w- I would say pretty much the same thing. Definitely go ahead and apply, um, even if you're not sure how your summer is going to look and if you're going to be able to do it, but just having that option. But then definitely prayer is so important to kind of figure out what God wants for your life. And if the mission trip, if me now is what he wants, then definitely be praying about that.
1: A couple things come to mind, prayer uh, that Liz and Sammy both emphasize praying, praying consistently about it. And yeah, like, I'd echo what they said as well. Applying, um, cause you can always, if it doesn't work out, you can always, um, drop it, but, um, there's, there's absolutely no harm in just applying and then praying about it. Um, I would also say, talk to people who have been on semi now trips before and ask them about their trips. Um, because, our trip looked very different than lots of other people's trips may have looked. Um, this is just one different way um, that God led us to be able to serve um, that summer. Um, so I would say, yeah, just ask if people, if you know someone's been on a Semi trip before, um, ask them about it and um, yeah, just ask them what God taught them through it. Um, the people that they were able to serve, serve um, those kinds of questions, and also, um, I would say, and this is not a, it's not a discouragement, but it, but but it's know know that wherever God puts you, um, like God, God wherever God places you over the summer, and whether that's you know you go on a mission trip, whether that's you're at an internship, um, know that that is an opportunity to be faithful to Him, um, that you can shine light in whatever context you're in, and seminary you know, is a great way to do it, and I, I think one of the um, one of the best parts, and I, and I don't say this just as a college student who doesn't have a lot of money, but it, it is like, uh, it is free, like for the most part, or like most expenses are paid. And that's a real blessing, so that that's not a hindrance. Um, so, yeah, all those things just keep in mind. It's a great way to serve. It's a great way to serve in, in new contexts. I think that's been a big theme of this conversation, is this is a very, um, yeah, just interacting in different ways with um, people who come from just different even with even domestically different cultures um i think um, is just really really valuable even if um you can only go for a short time short window still apply
0: yeah i'll um just just add on to a little point that andrew said about asking people if you guys have any questions that about this trip that haven't been answered i assume you can get asked these people about it i didn't ask them if you could but i'm sure you can go up and ask any question you want about this trip, uh, and, the, and they'll be more than willing to to tell you anything about it. But um, but thank you so much. Thank you, Liz. Thank you, Sammy. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you so much for being here and and telling us about your trip and and just showing what God has done in your life since then and what He done in your life on the trip. Thank you guys for listening. And over and out. Yeah.
1: Thanks for listening to Heroes Initiative.
0: Thank you, Sammy. Thank you, Liz. Thank you, Andrew, for for this amazing testimony of this journey and, and mission uh, that you guys went on together. And thank you for being open to it, guys. Um, I pray that this this story and this testimony affects you the same way it affected me when uh, by convicting me for the gospel, convicting me to to want to give for more stories like this by by giving. Um and and by um you know making you think that i want to go back um on mission guys i i pray i pray that this is for you too and if you are interested in going on mission with simi now feel free to talk to anybody who's done it around talk to our campus minister your campus minister guys um Feel free to visit simi now dot net to learn more about the trips you can go on and learn more about what it is. And if you're not a goer but a sender, uh, please click on the link in the podcast description that will take you to the the George Tech B C M website where you can give money for amazing trips like this to happen again and for many other people to have these experiences and to share the gospel of Jesus Christ across the world, guys. Um, I thank you so much for listening, guys, and. And I hope you'll be back next week with Episode 5.